my minions, my minions, come gather around me. Gronk, the half-orc champion. Hey, boss. Gonad, my goblin spy. Hello, boss. Boner Black, my necromancer. Yes, my leash. And Wink Brightstar, my cabin boy, my page boy, my masseuse and confidant. I am here for you, master. Oh, thank you, thank you. I have a question for you. Why do these adventurers plague me so? Haven't I brought order to the land of chaos? Remember how many thieves' guilds there were here in this kingdom before I arrived? And my taxes are fair. Only 75 gold to every hundred that they have. And if they can't afford that, I take offerings of chickens, cow, firstborn children. Don't forget the fingers. Oh, and the fingers. And aren't my torture chambers the most clean and sterile in all the land? The cleanest in the land, sir. There will never be an infection there. And I'm a just ruler, am I not? So just. Thank you. Remember that old man who stole the loaf of bread? I only took his hand when I could have took his life. Most generous. Tell me, my minions, my most faithful servants, what have I done to deserve such hatred and animosity? Well, you did have all of the soldiers pee in the holy water of all the churches in the land. Oh. You did play all the priestesses in all of those churches. Oh. There was that time you burned that orphanage. I see. With all the children inside it? Oh, that one. Yeah, that one. Oh, I see. All right, um, the three of you are dismissed. Uh, Gonad, stay here for a moment. Of course, master. Are they gone? All right, good. Look, I would like you to poison the necromancer, assassinate the half-orc barbarian, but please leave Wink alone. He's such a good boy. Not even a paper cut? Not even a paper cut. Okay, it shall be done. Such is my generosity. You are so generous, master. Thank you. Evil. 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 Welcome to Legend Lore, brought to you by Strange New Worlds Productions. I am Dungeon Master Mike, and to my left... Dungeon Emperor Popatine. Also known as Matt the Mighty. Oh. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> I didn't, that's great. This is Cody. Also known as Cody the Crusher. Oh. This is DM Osborne. Also known as Keenan the Knigget. <laughs> Hey, I'm DM Rockfist. <laughs> also known as the Arkansas Destroyer. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you destroy Arkansas the last time? I, the there's a reason I haven't been back. <laughs> you destroyed every toilet in Arkansas. Oh. Well. So, so we're what are we talking about? Today? Oh, we're going to be talking about the psychology of villains today. Yes. And I think that's a great subject, and we kind of hit on a little bit of the psychology of the master there, uh, when talking to his minions. I think one thing we've talked about in the past with this subject about villains is that unless a villain is a complete and utter psychopath, they never see themselves as the bad guy. Yeah. They have reasons and justifications for what they do, whatever that be. Um, I'm thinking, John, this was your idea to, to talk about this. Yeah. Tonight. Do you want to kind of kick things off? You, you're oh, probably yeah. going to have the most to say, I think. Dude, I, I, this is, I love this subject because, um, you know, when you, when you do writing, right, and you got to create an antagonist, this is one of those things you do in that creation process is you think 
from that antagonist point of view, how is what they're doing or what their goals are like not wrong, right? Like, and I think uh, like for a comparison, right? I grew up with He-Man, which I know some of you guys did too, right? You had Skeletor. And Skeletor is the most, like, I love Skeletor, don't get me wrong, but he is like the worst villain in the sense that he literally has no motivation other than being evil. I don't want to feel good. I want to feel evil. And, and, you know, you're a little kid watching it. That's fine. You're like, okay, yeah, he's evil. He man's good. Let's go. You know, but as you become a little bit more, you know, nuanced yourself as an adult, you can't, you can't believe in a villain like that. And I, and I love what they did in Marvel with Thanos, because I think for a lot of folks, Thanos, with what he was trying to do with the Infinity Stones and wipe out half the universe in order to take care of the other half, like first, I, I talked to non-nerd people, just normal people who went and saw the movie and stuff, and they were like, you know, I really almost, in a way, kind of agreed with Thanos a little bit. Maybe not what he was doing, but, but the why and thought, well, that Thanos was right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. It was a whole thing, and and so I think that is the where you should start with the psychology of a villain is like, how, how's what you're doing actually not evil? How is it actually mm-hmm. maybe in your own mind good? Right. Even uh, even though I think that Thanos was a little short sighted because I mean he had all that power. Why wouldn't he not just double the resources of the universe? I mean, it's a good question. I mean, I would. <laughs> like, it's a debate, and we don't need to get into it. But right, right. doubling the resources would just allow for more people, and then it would go back to the same thing. What why, about- why didn't he just make everybody sterile? <laughs> Well, you know, well, hey, but you know, in the second movie, in the second movie, when he was trying to get the the gauntlet back, he was like, "Okay, you guys taught me, I got to wipe everything out and just start over." Right. You know, so he learns. I mean, he he learns. Why don't you just be like, "Hey, infinite resources for everybody." Boom. Maybe, but hey, you know what? What's interesting though is, you know, good. In my opinion, good villains adapt, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, villains are written as. You know, very, you know, they're not ever going to change. They're they're always going to be about what they're about. But, you know, depending on how long the campaign's going to go, is this a one shot? Is this just a few adventures? Or is this going to take us years to work through the machinations of this villain, right? I think that the complexity of the villain you create should maybe match that. Mm, no, I agree with that for sure. And what the, what the adventurers do to the villain should maybe change what he does <laughs> and what he's all about too. Right. So. There's just one thing. It's almost like a trope slash joke on Reddit or almost anywhere on the internet where the, the D and D adventuring party has their little, their mule boy. And he just hangs out on the, the cart with the donkey or the horse or whatever. Like, oh, that. so he's not a mule. I, he's not not a I, mule. I imagine okay. a mule boy. Like yeah, he, he just, yeah. He's just a guy, just a guy that the party kind of adopted or hired, whatever. And he just kind of carries their stuff around. Um, if they're not doing like a bag of holding kind of thing, but it's kind of funny because it's like the joke goes along the lines of like, they kind of abuse the helper guy. They are the villains. And then he carries all of their magical gear and shit. And then one day the party goes into the dungeon and they go kill the thing. And the, the gen, the helper guy ends up stealing all of their stuff yeah. with all of their money. And then he becomes a super villain and he buys a bunch of insane magical <laughs> oh, items. <wow. laughs> and then he goes out and tries to kill the party members for abusing him for so many years. So, so basically he was a villain of circumstance. He was a villain of his environment. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, or right? he, was a, he was a kind of, not like a victim of his environment, but kind of. And then he's like, you know, fuck these guys. I'm going to. Yeah. 
Right. I'm going to become the villain. You guys will never be able to. You know, in um, back in the '90s, there were some novels written set in Forgotten Realms about Mistra, the goddess of magic, Mm -hmm. and her origins and how she was an adventurer, right? And in her party, there was a a rogue who they were friends at first, but through circumstance and different things, like you know, he started hating her, even though she didn't quite realize it. And then when she ascended to godhood and became Mistra, the goddess of magic, he actually ended up doing something similar and ascending and becoming the god of murder cyric the god of murder and then now in the celestial plane you have them as enemies but started with them as being adventuring that's really cool i didn't know that yeah it's so it's funny you say that because i could totally see that happening that's (laughs) cool i like that a lot yeah well what about like when um your character from realms of the dragon shakur like um how he went from being a member of the party to being basically a boss battle Mm -hmm. by the end that he was an enemy um when we came back to that campaign Mm -hmm. after a break and he i'm trying to figure out what he would be equated to when it comes to like pop culture but like he he was kind of like a vader kind of character almost. yeah like yeah. he was looking for order throughout the world kind of a thing but he also wanted to ascend into his own type of godhood and kind of control you know whatever multiverse there was and yeah he ended up breaking away from the party and, and being killed holy cow we had some really big ideas going in and the backstories i didn't know that he wanted to become you know ascend to godhood yeah and i was basically trained to ascend to you know some sort of lichdom basically mm-hmm. or something similar to it through the fungo fungal god yeah it was a fungal god Zugtomi. Zugtomi, yeah uh that's interesting i didn't know that was going on yeah so like that's why uh it was kind of thanos ish in origin yeah in that he was seeing like all this murder and chaos in the world and he's like i'm i'm tired of seeing all of this, this murder and chaos right and i'm going to correct the world and if i have to do that through like v- might and violence then that's what it's going to have to be if it makes the you know the chaos stop right so he was a lawful evil paladin, uh, conqueror, conqueror paladin. And yeah, that was his whole shtick. My problem was like, I brought him in on the wrong kind of game. I'm glad he worked out really well in the end, but <laughs> he, depending like, who you ask, <laughs> his mentality was like, I'm the main character of the story, right. but he was not the main character. Well, of that in story. Matt, in Matt's character, Grimmer, which we've talked about before, who mm-hmm. was like literally a bard that's following you around mm-hmm. writing about your, your ascendance. Mm-hmm. And he bought into that like lock, stock and barrel. And he's like, yeah. this is the great God King and he is going to ascend and like, like, so here you are having this sort of echo chamber of all mm-hmm. these things you want to do from your bard that follows yeah. you around. And yeah. I, I think a lot of his he, ego was brought on because of Grimmer. Yeah. I, I, th- <laughs> I think Grimmer was kind of like his brown shirt. I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the end I had, so, to, I had to kill you in the end yeah it was sad no it wasn't tears tears, <laughs> okay. tears were shed so uh yeah so as you guys know last uh month nicole and i did uh you know 31 horror films in 31 days mm-hmm. so i get i got to think about villains a lot and see the different kind of villains that they had from like just your pure like lucifer uh-huh. as 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 a st- uh, soul stealing kind of thing but one thing that really sat with me and i think kind of talks to what we're or speaks to what we're talking about today is the differences between the original Halloween and Rob Zombie's Halloween. So in the original Halloween, you have absolutely no idea why this child, why this child, Michael Myers, killed his sister, killed his boyfriend, but didn't kill the baby. And, you know, years later, he escapes as an adult and goes on this killing spree right again. And there's never an explanation at all. As a matter of fact, I think in the original scripts, he was referred to as the Shade or the shadow or something like oh, that. Wow. They didn't even, they never even refer, referred to him as Michael Myers in the script. He was just the essence of pure evil for pure evil's sake, mm-hmm. no motivation. Now in the Rob Zombie remake, he spends the first quarter of the movie seeing or showing us what Michael Myers' childhood was like. And it was horrible. Like he had a mother who loved him to death but picked really bad men 
had an abusive boyfriend in the life. His older sister was abusive to him as well. You start, he starts showing the signs of a, you know, a psychopath, like harming, He's killing animals, killing animals, harming animals, things like that. Mm-hmm. All the while, still kind of, you kind of connect with him a little bit because you see the abuse that he's been through and you know that his love for his mother and his love for his little, his little baby sister is absolutely genuine. And that was the difference between those two movies. And a lot of people hated that Rob Zombie gave him this backstory. Yeah. And to me, it It deepened, it deepened everything so much better than the originals yeah you saw so much more motivation you understood that doesn't mean that you sympathize for him killing animals or that you sympathize for him killing his sister or any of the other victims and he was still terrifying as a villain he's terrifying as hell he was he was more creepy i think as that little kid as you watch this little kid descend further and further into this madness mm-hmm. when he stops talking he starts making all these uh, paper shape mache masks and stuff he hides behind his mask and i think that was a really good example of giving us a reason why this villain is the villain. Yeah. And although he's a little different, he's not like your Darth Vader villain who really thinks he's doing the right thing and bringing order to the galaxy. He is a psychopathic killer in the end, mm-hmm. but you see that there was a reason this, because this stuff, this doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's very rare that you get a villain who's just evil for evil's sake mm-hmm. or a psychopath. who's just a psychopath because his, his wires are crossed. Well, There's always something bad. If it, if it's a psychopath, typically there's someone who murders a handful of people and gets caught, you know, right. but like someone like Michael Myers who goes on like a, a large spree of it, it's more to do with uh, they they go they dive into why he has that descent into right what he does so i i think for our for our dms out there um i think if you're going to create a villain for your campaign you're not using well even if you're not let me retro that even if you're using a already pre-generated villain Mm -hmm. in uh von richten's guide to ravenloft they have a whole thing kind of similar to uh flaws and traits for characters they have a whole a whole thing in there that basically you know ask these questions about your villain and typically i don't have to do that kind of stuff i never do my villains always have some sort of complication or whatever there's there's always a lot of backstory with my villains but when we uh set out when you guys actually crossed over into ravenloft and dark kingdom and tales of tiberia i actually for the first i went down that list and ended up creating a pretty rich backstory for for uh, pietro von reese mm-hmm. since none existed anyways she's just a very she's a paragraph in that book mm-hmm. so i asked all those questions and wrote them all down what all the answers were and i think that's very helpful i think that any dm if you're out there preparing your villain maybe take a look at that book yeah or just even if you don't want to have that book you don't want to take a look just start asking some very pertinent questions when you were playing second edition um did you ever read the book of villains oh yeah yeah that book really tra- so yep. th- so this was in second edition so you know think in the 90s right and it was literally a book a supplement for D on how to create a D villain and uh it w- i mean that stuff stands the test of time it didn't really is mechanically doesn't really matter like the right. second edition it still applies to 5e and one of the things they talk about is how the setting of the campaign should also have a huge effect right so like yeah, if absolutely. you were if you were doing um like what you were doing we were on the seas we're in uh the, you know we're in uh ravenloft effectively right um and that that's where she was the most terrifying with her ghost shit and all that other stuff you know and it's like i think of michael myers like he's only terrifying on halloween in that town for that night you right. know because they're not ready for him right but then you have other villains that maybe um i'm trying to think of a good example but like uh, like think kingpin and uh, daredevil and punisher right who's one, like one of the best written most nuanced villains in all of, of marvel um well i guess it's i guess it's part of the mcu really yeah because yeah, i mean you're, you're seeing it on the screen right i think it's one of the most nuanced villains they've ever created now I'll help that you have uh vincent d'onofrio who's a f- fantastic actor yeah, playing right. the role yeah. but just as written 
Yeah. I've never seen a better, more nuanced villain. There are points in in, in the series that I actually care about him. Yeah. Like, I oh, care absolutely. about him. Yeah. yeah. Even when though he's not, pulling all these evil strings and yeah, doing even all the murders. He's a bad man. <laughs> yeah, if you go back to like talking about Michael Myers specifically, yeah. the descent that they show in that is very similar to Michael Myers, where it's yeah. like his, I think it's his dad is like yeah. abusing his Apparently, mom and yeah. him, yeah, and then yeah. he, he snaps and kills him. And it's like, that's how people with those kind of like tendencies or characters with those kind of tendencies. There's always like a breaking point where they became they couldn't manage that uh psychopathy anymore and right. now they are something else they go oh this is a thing i can do i guess and then it continues from I, there i love that you just use the word psychopathy because um you guys maybe you guys have heard of this uh thing called the dark triad right? oh yeah um it's this thing in psychology where like you know evil people tend to be um extreme in these three traits in some way or another like it's narcissism it's, well it's narcissism yeah. psychopathy it's and Ma- machiavellianism <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it was called right yeah. And then um, they tend to be very uh, low agreeability in psychological terms, meaning it, it is my way, not your way. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. My way, the highway. Yeah. Hence so, why they take things most of the time. Yeah. But what I think makes a villain really interesting, like if you're not just creating a one-time villain for a one-time adventure or something, you want to create somebody who's a little bit more complex, that's where you bake in those more like uh, things you can kind of identify with those mm-hmm. motivations and those things in them that you're like, yeah, I kind of see what you're doing there. Human you're like, traits. yeah, like you, you're trying to do maybe a good thing in an evil way and doesn't make it not evil, but it does make it a little bit more understandable. Like, right. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I think that's very important. I think, I think that the, it, it, there is a place for the black and white good versus evil and a place for that villain who is just pure evil for evil's sake uh, i think it's a little more simplistic storytelling but that's okay there's nothing wrong with I that mean, yeah for an example like star wars like Darth yeah. Sidious, he's he's just evil he's a sith he wants humans to be the only thing actually he doesn't even he's not even zenith though he just yeah. wants to be the ultimate one and destroy yeah. everything else like yeah mm-hmm. that actually kind of brings me to the point that i think there there's different ways we're talking a lot about <laughs> matt's got something to say about yeah, that yeah well, well, we're talking a lot about um kind of personal uh reasons like things that happen to people that their environmental you know, or, or that kind of environmentally create who they are but there's also the pursuit of pure power mm-hmm. that can also be very evil in itself oh, and, and very, 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 very enticing and corrupting and, and have make people do things they never thought they might be even capable of doing. Could I broaden that instead yeah. of just power? I'd put power into the category of goals. Yes. Yeah. And they have a goal to do. Right. One of them might just be ultimate power. Yeah. But I think that goals is also what defines a villain. Yeah. I agree. Matt, you have some. Oh, I, I I don't want to interject with that, my Star Wars knowledge. I mean, it's yeah, so. do it, do it, lay yeah, it down. Correct, right. lay it down. Say, will you push your glasses up and say, "Well, actually, well, well actually,", actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, in the movies, I will agree. In the extended universe, no, no yeah. Palpatine is uniting the galaxy because he knows the Yuuzhan Vong are coming. coming. That's right. a hindsight written in through yeah. books, which well, isn't he, wrong, But even in but the movies, he talks about order yeah. and bringing order to the galaxy and how he looked at the Senate and he looked at how yeah. things were going. And it was what we were talking about earlier in the show where we're like, no, I, I want to fix this. He's the Shakur motive. It's like, I want to fix all this insanity. And I think if you look at your villains on an order to chaos, then this is where like the D&D alignment system is actually pretty good for a conversation point because you have lawful evil, which is, hey, I want to bring some order to all this stuff. Like, let's, right. let's get this under control. And then you have chaotic evil, which is just like, burn it all down, kill everybody, you know? And I think that um, it's probably very difficult to have a nuanced villain be chaotic. I mean, I guess it's possible. That might be a good challenge for somebody. You, you, I, I have an idea. Done. The Joker. The Joker. Oh. There's a very new one. I, I always feel like the Joker does have some 
reasoning behind So if you want to go like the, I think it's the Jack it's Nicholson one he's he wants to put his name or his face on the on the one dollar bill yeah. <laughs> like, and that, I mean that's a version of Joker where it makes sense he has a goal and aspiration and it's relatively lawful through chaotic means but I think like if you think that Heath Ledger Joker like no that was just a man who like as uh, Alfred says some men just want to watch the world, world burn, burn. Yeah. he literally yeah, just wants chaos blood to be run yeah. right. explosions he just yeah. wants to watch it all happen I, I think that's that's a good point Cody I have an idea idea of how maybe you could have a nuance feeling be chaotic okay and i was kind of like running this idea through my head but it's not refined just yet but like i I like the idea of sometimes you have a villain who is very relatable to the party or a party member and you know so it'd be like like uh like freedom like a particular party Mm -hmm. member just wants to have the ultimate freedom and so does this bad guy but in order for the bad guy to have that ultimate freedom he has to burn everything down Right. Or he has to destroy the system or something like that. And that to me seems very chaotic, but like, I don't know, maybe if there's like some kind of ultimate freedom, nuance goal. Maybe. I, so that, that makes me think, I think we might be talking, or I might be saying the same thing as you, is that, um, of course, we're gonna have to cut this out because I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're still leaving that in. <laughs> freedom. Oh, um, freedom. it'd be the, it's, it's like the villain wouldn't be the villain if he won. Right. Huh? Like, it, oh, yeah, the story like, was know. told from his perspective. Uh-huh. He wouldn't be the villain. He's fighting but against something. I have, right? I have a completely stupid example of what you're talking about that is Arkansas story that's really fast, but it's really relevant. Oh, please. My daddy right now <laughs> is hunting a deer that is eating the corn out of one of his neighbor's yards, right? That is a vile villain. And my, and my dad, <laughs> he's a hunter, right? And so he has all these cameras and stuff. He's up. So he's literally for weeks now been like tracking this deer, its path, its pattern and all that stuff, right? And this is a true story. I swear to God. The other day, he's up in his deer stand. That deer walks up five o'clock in the afternoon. It's a good sized buck. He's got the perfect broadside shot on this thing. He shoots and misses. He doesn't miss. He doesn't hit it in his vital organs. It hits it like on its shoulder blade and mm-hmm. the arrow bounces out. Yeah. So my dad's like, and it runs off. My dad's like, oh my God. And, and so, but he keeps watching the cameras, right? And so this deer shows back up. Now it's got like this kind of cool looking scar and it's That's like walking normal. Deer. Yeah. And and so I was talking to my dad about it and I said, well, dad, you know, it's funny when that deer's hanging out with all the other deer, they're <laughs> like, oh, that, that wicked hunter, you, you know, <laughs> you survived his attack. And he's like, yes, you have to be brave if you're going to be a deer, you know? And then, and then, but Remember my, when he killed mom? But for my dad, exactly. Oh, but for my dad, he's like, oh, this horrible deer that keeps eating all the corn, it got away and I got to do everything I can to get him. And it's like totally true that like depending on what side of the story you're on yeah. the hero and the villain switch but, yeah to, to your point that's what i was actually going to say to keenan too because he was talking about or you guys were both kind of hitting on the same point is yeah i mean look at it man as as far as as far as any established government is concerned they might think they think they don't think they're bad but maybe they're doing some really heinous friggin' things maybe and, for the name of the greater good and then there's a revolution and those people are the bad guys except for in their eyes they, unless they win they're the good guys in they win and then when they win history is rewritten i was gonna say victor yeah. writes Do, doesn't history. that isn't that where the psychology of villain gets really kind of crazy it's because like you're thinking okay the end justifies the means right. so i will be as horrible and just wicked and just terrible as i need to be because in the end it'll all be worth it right whereas a hero like i, I mean captain america superman you guys know i love those guys like they're like no we don't compromise we don't trade lives and i know that doesn't that creates its own set of problems right like batman not killing the joker and then joker kills a thousand people. Of people it's like batman yeah. is kind of on you a little bit bro but what you can't you know accuse batman of is like he doesn't violate his morals he doesn't violate his code yeah right? he's very stringent lawful and, and so i wonder i wonder how much of uh of of 
a good villain can sometimes be like, maybe this is actually a good person, but they're just caught up in the end goal. Having to and, do terrible things. Yeah. yeah. Well, I look, mean, look, that's, that is pretty much every soldier's ever fought in a war. Absolutely. Yeah. Whether that, whether that war is righteous or not. And that's, you know, that's semantics. I mean, to me, there's only been one righteous war, and that was World War II. Uh, it's semantics, but even those those people in, in, in our society, we have definitely, since 9-11, we have definitely, we're always referred to them as heroes. Now, I will tell you, every veteran I've ever known, they never say they're heroes. When someone refers to them as the heroes, they're like, no, I, just, I was just doing a job, doing yep. what I had to do. And sometimes the, some of the shit you have to do in the name of good is not good. Yeah. It's it's very evil. Well, that kind of answers the question yeah. of like how you can in a campaign have soldiers and and henchmen and stuff working for a bad guy yeah. that like, you're like why would you work for this evil person right? And it's like well because that's their duty or their job or it's what maybe maybe they know their family will not eat if they don't right. go fight for yeah. this guy or well I mean take take into the example of the little skit we did at the beginning. I mean all his minions might have various reasons why they served him you know maybe right. maybe gronk just loves to fight and this guy this guy he gives this, me a reason to fight gives him a reason to fight you know maybe uh boner black over here the necromancer he's just like man i'm sticking with this guy's because he keeps bringing me all these bodies after wars and i, I can raise them and <laughs> and maybe maybe just maybe wink wink bright star actually sees the goodness in him when they're alone at night and and he's the confidant role and they're talking maybe he hears all the good things he does and so wink can wink can justify sticking with him knowing there's goodness inside him once he rules this conversation or maybe that is like maybe his family because a million people over a million years have experienced that though exactly that doing what they believed was right even though it might have been wrong or or even the seeing the good in someone for what they're doing, even in accepting the evil. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. something that we do. That's just we do in our daily life. Well, hindsight's yeah. twenty twenty, right? Like you can always look back and see how what you did was wrong or not the right decision at the time. But most of us in the moment just make the decision we think is best in the moment. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I see the goodness in John, and that's why I accept his evilness. Too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's deep. <laughs> so, like in um, to talk, go to D and D a little bit instead of real world analogies. When we were playing Quest for Boost, the ending of that. So, as we get to the um, Lost Souls of Time, champions who are reincarnated mm-hmm. for either either side to fight eternally for vying powers, and they finally escape that cycle, and they're like. Fuck that! We're gonna we're gonna rewrite this and write ourselves out of history. Yeah. That was a really noble cause. Yeah, they were gonna stop the cycle. They were going to to remove people from perpetual servitude, like in perpetual war. In, in in if they would have won, we would have been written written as the literal zealots who hunted them down through space and time and killed them but we won so we're like we saved the universe and kept it the status quo you saved the multiverse and that's what you needed to do yeah but honestly i can't tell you i mean my character would disagree but like looking at it as the player like they weren't wrong we weren't right well it was super great always i think you did a great job of writing well that's literally why relatable that's that's literally why i created them that way and i and i got that you know i mean obviously i stole a lot from michael moorcock when it came to the multiverse Mm-hmm. Because I read a lot of his books and, and I really love the way he does things. But one of the things I did as g- reading these books, I'm always thinking, man, these guys, this would suck to live this life. Yeah. And if they yeah, could they do suffer. any, if they could do anything to escape it, would they do it? And that's where I came up with the idea. It was really good. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like, I think as a player, you know, when the DM does a really good job creating villain, a villain or villainous forces to go against, but yet it's not just quite as skeletory as, oh, they're just evil, you know, <laughs> like it actually gets a little frustrating because in a good way because you're like i just want to smash these guys but 
you know, every once in a while, because, you know, that was a two-year campaign, and, like, yeah. it's, there were times where we had to work with them, or yeah. we were even given offers by them to join them, and, hey, yeah. here's why we think you guys should want to join us, and we're kind of going, you know, man, if we didn't love Boost so much, maybe we would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to say kudos to you, though, for writing such a strong, or uh, writing and then also encouraging us such a strong devotion to our God that we could see through that. Yeah. Because if we didn't have that big of a connection to Boos and wanting to serve him, like it would have been a, a probably easy decision to go like, yeah, why don't we just rewrite the multiverse and to make it a better place? Like there yeah, was yeah. there were several moments where Diego that makes sense for his to. character too. Yeah. Like I was Cody. Cody prevented him from doing it, but Diego wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> there were many times he also betrayed us. So don't forget that. Uh, most of them were my fault, though. That's true. That's actually very it's true. Failed at world save. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could because that actually happened to you. Uh, one of the last of the uh, lost souls that you fought before you actually kind of got to the final guy, the guy that was actually in charge Lionheart. of all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you went, remember you went to the guy, it was, it was kind of my tribute to, uh, John Burroughs, uh, John Burroughs, Edgar Rice Burroughs, mm. uh, John Carter on Mars, where I yeah, took yeah. you to the kind of like Mars, like planet. And, oh yeah. He was a good dude. And remember you realize yeah. this, this dude, this dude's really actually a really good dude. He was like Conan on Mars. He yeah. was like defending his people and doing yeah. the best he could for them. And he just didn't want to be reincarnated a thousand times. Yeah. And then, then when you, and when you, you took his life, you guys were actually like really kind of bummed about having yeah. to take his life. And I remember you were trying to take care of his, 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 his wife basically and everything yeah, afterwards. People, we were people, trying to uh, take care of him. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's cool. I do think though, there is a place for that villain that really just is a monster. Like, you know, one of the things that's cool in D and D is you have the abyss and you have demons in the abyss and they literally are just evil incarnate. I mean, they are fueled by the, the most evil thoughts and feelings of mortal beings. And so they actually do represent just pure evil. There's no like understanding and being sympathetic to their cult because they, they are the anti-life equation. Like they will just destroy. If you are a living being, you want to stop these things, right? Yeah. I think Keenan has something to say about that, but uh, let's get a word from Chud first. Hi friends, this is your favorite half-orc barbarian, Chud. Chud likes stories, and nobody does stories like the gang at Strange New Worlds. They're almost as good as my bard buddy, Sick Daddy. Hey, hey, hey! His name is Sig Dad. Sig Dad. Shut up, Boblin! Anyways, you can go to their website. What's <laughs> a website? Okay, so don't know what it is? All right, cool. And download free adventure shops and other goodies. You can even give them some money, too. They got a free pet shop. You know Chud loves pets. You can even get my favorite adventure of all time, The Quest for Booze. That's the one where I met my best friends, Sario and Day Day. Hey, hey, hey. His name is Diego. Shut up, Bolin. He's my best friend. Hey, is that my echo fish in your pocket? Uh-oh. That's my cue to go. Oh, come here, you stinker. Everyone else, go to snwproductions.com today. Faboos! Faboos! I am a professional. I swear I'll unmute these mics. <laughs> thank thank you chad and we've Ballin. been talking for 45 minutes <laughs> <laughs> so uh john to go back to uh, well actually you um not, not demons aren't necessarily just the anti-life equation and like mindless monsters that's one way to interpret them and some of them are that way but it's also that they um i think it's written i don't know if it's five or or four or 3.5 but um they've also it's like the chaos part is that they believe in ultimate freedom of choice right. and power and like what you're born with so like a bigger demon can eat a smaller demon but they see order as like 
the subjugation of all things. Mm. And that's why they despise devils and why the blood war is going on is because they think that any sort of order, anything that can restrict any sort of choice for you, mostly on an animalistic level though, um, is is uh, subjugation. So there's a way to even spin them to not be just mindless killing machines is that they actually have a purpose for right. the well, actually, balance of the universe. Yeah, and I think actually John did a pretty good job when we uh, when we went to um what was the name of that uh the club we went to a in Mephi- Me- Mephistopheles Palace. Yeah, Mephist- Mephistopheles Palace. Yes, I can do that. Those would have been devils though. <clears throat> they were devils. That's Oh, that's yeah. true. They were devils. devils yeah. But there were demons there too. There were demons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like an a angels, neutral spot because yes. you turn souls into soul chips. Yeah. And then you gamble with the soul chips. So now you have angels and demons and devils and mortals all in this casino trying to like get as many soul chips as they can because that's soul power that you can use. Yeah, for I thought you did a, did a pretty good job, especially when you had like, I think you had a demon and devil talking to each other. Yeah. They, were, they were actually kind of friends. They were buddies. Off, they're off they're the drinking buddies. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think you did a really good job. My of inspiration actually. for that, there's an old Looney Tunes cartoon about a, a coyote <laughs> and a uh, and a sheepdog. Oh, I remember oh, that. Yeah, yes. and how they like clock they, in and clock they off. clock in and clock out. Yeah. And, like, and I remember this one episode where like the whole episode, they're just like, you know, the dog's hitting him with a mallet over the head and keep protecting the sheep from him the whole episode. Yeah. They're fighting. At the end, they clock out and he's like, going to come over and have dinner mm-hmm. in my house. And he's like, yeah, your yeah. wife makes the best meatloaf. And then like they yeah. walk off his buddies in I, the, into I, the sunset. I think that was from that like 60s era of Looney Tunes. And for our younger listeners, out there looney tunes are these ancient animated <laughs> cartoons great cartoons they uh, very they actually are ancient by the way they are ancient they when we were watching them as a kid they you know, they were already decades old yeah. kind of stuff and but, um, but powerful lessons uh, about i mean again just not not to well actually yeah. well but, actually uh, <laughs> but no but real like if you look at uh, looney tunes villains or any yeah. cartoon villains like yeah. like look at elmer fudd like again the hunter thing right like he's Bugs Bunny's um, villain, but he's a hunter, and so like for him, he's not a villain. He's trying to kill a ra- kill yeah, kill yeah. a wabbit, kill, <laughs> a wabbit. kill the wabbit, you know, kill the wabbit. A wabbit's eating all the carrots in the in the countryside. So he's got to be very very quiet. Yeah, very, very for, quiet. for all we know, Bugs Bunny was eating so much of the carrots that like families were starving <laughs> to death, and uh, we'll, we'll Elmer Fudd was brought in to end his reign of terror. Let's you know? let's let's admit it, although. Bugs Bunny was kind of the hero of the story. He was kind of an asshole at times, he's, too. He's kind of a dick. He's kind of a dick. I, I think you could build the argument that in, Bugs Bunny might have been the villain. I don't know. I think it, he it, might it, be right. Elmer uh, Fudd but was let's the be, but let's be careful. For our listeners, let's be careful, though, because what we're, we keep coming back to is that really good villains are nuanced, and you can almost understand their motivations. Yeah. At the same time, it's D&D. And, mm-hmm. and, and you should... I know I, <laughs> I started to say, you're always the hero in D&D. That's not really true in most of our campaigns. Hell we kind no. of become anti-heroes, but... Um, but you tend to edge lords, yeah. But you do want there to be a bit of a villain versus hero sort of narrative yeah. happening, yeah. right? And so, when you're putting your villain into the campaign, you know, ask yourself questions like that, like, well, what's sympathetic about the villain? But also ask, what is antagonistic about this villain? Right. Like, what makes this villain so bad? And like you mentioned, Michael Myers. Well, like that's easy. He's walking around with a knife, killing people. Like right. that's what makes him so bad. But what about that more nuanced villain? that maybe is like the Lord of, uh, or like the one you did at the beginning, like he's the Lord of the land. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, in his mind, he's bringing all this order to the land, but I, I how do you do that? How do you create a villain that your players are like going to want to, to attack or, or, or stop? I have a great thought on that. Cause I was just about to bring that up. Think about what, when, and why the villain interacts with them. Right. What does he do to them? Is it because they're just messing up his plans or is it because he killed one of his allies? Or and then it, when does he do it? Is it early in the story? Or is it later in the story? 
or is it do they come to the villain who has nothing to do with them whatsoever mm-hmm. but they've heard about this dark lord who's you know who's uh who's an evil despot in this land and they decide oh we're gonna go overthrow this guy and this guy didn't know them from right you know, from from, yeah. from billy bob next door yeah go to the master skit like yeah. he's like why did you come to my lands these are my lands like, yeah. are you usurping a lord yeah. like yeah absolutely. you know that that book the book of villains from second edition one of the things they did they said okay because you're starting out at level one right and maybe what you do at first is you start you stop some brigands that were you know terrorizing the roads and very heroic thing just go do right right well they said the way you could start bringing the the char- the players into that villain's you know circle and bring the villain into the story is you take the earlier adventures and you 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 basically tie the villain into it. So maybe those brigands were actually working for the villain mm-hmm. who was trying to destabilize the region so that he could you know come in and usurp the local lord or whatever. And so the reason the villain's got a problem with you is not because so much you even know who he is or he knows who you are, but because you messed up some of his operations. Right. That's really good. So uh an evil accountant. One way <laughs> all accountants are evil. <laughs> 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 one way i think that uh dms could approach this is the same way you approach making a character right mm-hmm. what do we always do before we make a character backstory, backstory. yeah you come up with a backstory you come up uh, with I'm multi-class yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is true this is true but come up with a backstory i think i've talked about this before uh i could be wrong this is episode 22 right? we're, in the, we're in the 20s I know yeah, yeah i think it's episode 22 so we may have just i might have brought this up in some point or another when we're talking about villains i don't know uh we did play an all evil campaign in the marvel uh R- mm-hmm. rpg and i will say definitely i think it gave everybody a new understanding of being a villain because everybody that was playing in that came up with really good motivations what really motivated these villains and, and why some of them were more evil than others. Some weren't really even evil at all. I mean, honestly, they weren't that, they weren't that evil. It's just that to society, they may appear to be that way. For sure. I think that might be something as a DM to uh, maybe embrace that a little bit and, and actually like run a campaign like that so that all the players kind of get to understand villains a little bit more too. So they're not always just looking at the villains as, Oh, he's the bad guy. I got to kill. Yeah. If the players get a chance to kind of play something like that and understand that all these villains have motivations, I think it can increase role playing because they'll start looking for maybe deeper reasons to, to why this villain is who he is right. other than he's just the dude we got to go kill. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I love my, fa- I, maybe you guys have a favorite type or archetype of villain, but I, my favorite is the Machiavellian mm-hmm. villain. Like that's right. why I like Strahd so much. It's like, you're always caught up in his machinations. You're right. always like you did something that you thought was a win, but it was what he wanted you to do anyway. Like I, I, that's my archetype that I like. Yeah. I would say that I, I don't know if I've ever embraced that too much. I mean, I did a little bit in quest for booster where some kind of backstory going on with that kind of thing, but I fully embraced that villain with dark kingdom and tales to Very crossover. Gasala Shrike has manipulated, was manipulating all the events happening in Tavaria, and he was manipulating all you guys in the dark kingdom. Yeah, he was. And I want to tell you what, as far as like a storyteller, that gave me so many different paths and options you know, to, to kind of present to you guys and, and this, you contributing your part of the collective storytelling did because you, of that. Did you find yourself with Shrike? Uh, and I know you got to be careful because we're actually in the campaign right. right now, but did you find yourself as you reflected after each session on like where his head is and where yes. his plans are going? Yes. And like before you know it, you find yourself like almost like deep in all these plots and things like that. Cause yep. I know with Strahd, like 
I would, I mean, this is messed up, but like, I would like dream Strahd's dreams. I would like, we were so deep in that campaign and I was so deep in Strahd's head that I would be like, oh yeah, Strahd would want to do this next. And he, oh, he was totally wanting <laughs> you guys to do that. And like, I think it's, it's so cool to create a villain so Machiavellian that he actually pulls the DM into, into his it. head. You know, you know, you know what that is, right? <laughs> That's just like the method actors, actors who get so drawn into their stuff that they'll talk about like that character stayed with me for months afterwards. My family were just oh, pissed off when I came home because I was still that character. Yeah. yeah. I just imagined uh, John psychopath. in his dreams and he's like, he's like, he's like, in his dreams, he's looking, well, not like in a weird way, but he's like looking out and he sees Strahd, like looking at the window. Yeah. He's, he's got, he's like long hair and he turns around and it's John's face. <laughs> it's, I'm a villain power. who's in Arkansas. I actually, <laughs> John just like randomly develops yeah. selective sight and can't see himself in the mirror. <laughs> right. yeah. All yeah. he sees is Strahd looking back. My wife called me from the grocery store. She's like, what kind of wine do you want? I'm like, Chateau de Stomp. <laughs> like, they don't have that. <laughs> That's not a thing. It's a very rare vintage. <laughs> oh shit. Hey Mike, we're recording a podcast. Don't, 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 don't shove your mic. headphones into the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually trying something a little unique. My next campaign. Ooh. I'm, I've got all of my people. I don't, they all have, but basically everyone in Ebron, which is the campaign I'm going to run for people who are on the podcast. All of you oh, yeah. know, oh, yeah. uh, but basically I've made characters that are like, you know, here's the King, here's the queen, here's the leader over here. Here's the villain over here. They're not been a villain technically, but all of these people, I don't know which one's going to be the villain. Oh, I have yeah. no idea. And I want the players to make the villain as they play. Matt, oh, nice. Matt, what, what if we just automatically start off and decide we're the villains? Oh, well, you can't. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to delay that. You can't. Prototype you have B9 will have a problem. With oh, sure, Matt. People. Just railroad us. I'm not railroading you. <laughs> you, just have gonna, to be, you have to be the heroes. I'm going to turn all of them into good guys. Oh, the, all, all the, the heroes? Yeah, all, the villains, all the bad guys. Yeah. All the bad guys in the world. Yeah. They're all going to be good That guys. could be your goal. Nice. Like, just to convert yeah. everybody to goodness. Oh. We'll see if we win D and D through violence history, and we're the heroes. We so won true. the D and D. They're imprisoned, and they're good now because they're not doing bad things, right? <laughs> that, that's what's been interesting about the conversation around uh, the characterization of races in fantasy settings. Like I, I know we've talked about that not on the podcast a whole lot before, but as, I mean offline. We've I think we brought it, it up a little. Bit, we brought it up bit. a little bit, but we've talked about it a lot offline, and how like. You know, for example, orcs, like orcs forever have just been the bad guys, right? And then you start to see really cool orc anti-heroes show up and then orc heroes show up and different things. And it's like, we're all in a place right now where we're like, yeah, orcs can be good. Yeah. Like, they well, don't have well, to be evil. I think we've always been there. Well, I mean, we have, yeah, but I'm talking uh, about the whole community oh, yeah, okay, of players, yeah, right? Okay. And I think that that's a, where we are as a society, too. Why do you think anti-hero movies are so popular? Are so popular? Yeah. It's like, because people, I mean, people don't want to watch Superman. I mean, he's too good. Like, you want to watch, like, Venom, who, like, eats people, but he's also kind of a nice guy. Well, you know? he, and it's he, like, well he's shitty people. Well, yeah, he's the bad yeah. people. Well, bad people. And, we like seeing uh, justice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that that if you're creating a villain for D and D, you know, know your audience, right. And like, understand that maybe the Skeletor villain, maybe he's good for a one shot or he's good mm -hmm. for a couple of sessions. But if you go on, if you want to introduce a villain, that's going to be there for the long haul. There's gotta be a little bit of sympathy there from the party. They got to kind of may, maybe in some way understand his motivations. And that's what makes right. it a little bit interesting. Well, even, yeah, I was gonna say, even it doesn't necessarily have to be sympathy. It is as long as it, as you said, it's an understanding of those motivations. Like I definitely did not, Chauvin did, did not sympathize with Strahd. Right. He understood his motivations. Right. You know, cause you painted a really good picture of that for us. So we, 
very early on kind of started to understand who this man really is or his family really is. But, uh, and, and I think you can go either route as long as you either have some sort of understanding or some sort of sympathy. I think it just makes the villain just so much more complicated and we said it before, nuanced. And it's much better than just your cackling evil villain who's just your evil villain. But then again, there are, there is a place for that. Yeah. Like in Quest for Boost when you went to the end of time and you met the Void Lords and met that dude who was just absolutely batshit crazy because he had lived forever yeah you know there was a place for him too it yeah. just it i think it's just it's it's all really like you said listening to your audience and figuring out what's going to best fit the story well you're almost like taking the players into a place of psycho- psychological analysis in a way yeah. where they're going like wow that dude was kind of crazy but he was kind of cool too like you know like you kind of that's how you know you've done a really good yeah. job with with presenting a villain because you're going like yeah i had to i had to stop him that was part of the gig i mean his goals were in conflict with our goals but it was kind of cool i kind of get where he was coming from yeah yeah it makes absolutely. me think of the ending of i don't want to spoil it i don't think it's a i mean i don't know if everyone's what? seen it here what loki oh yeah yeah, yeah i've seen, hey, seen the last episode oh, uh-huh. so well at the end of that is anybody's seen it? That's the end of that. There you go. Right. That's it. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. Ending. Well, Mar- but I think Marvel's done a great job of 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 doing that in their movies. Where like almost mm-hmm. every villain, you do kind of see the motivation. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, and you also don't see heroes that are just. I mean, Cap. Yeah, obviously Captain America, but like you know, Iron Man's a good example. Like Iron Man wanted to put an iron like a, a suit of armor yep. around the, the world, world right? yeah. even if that meant all our freedom goes away and then after the thanos thing you're like well maybe it was right maybe we should have done that well, you know? the, the whole civil war idea whether it's the comic books or it's the movies is a very good example of it's all a matter of perspective whether you're the hero or the villain because i mean at that point captain america and everybody sided with him was yep. a villain though and you know when the way i look at it, i'm like going, well captain america has never been one to blindly follow orders he truly believes in american the 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 ideal of the American values, not, not necessarily the realities that we live with, but the ideals he believes in. Yeah. And he was like, he's the true patriot because when he, when the government comes down with this, he's like, no, man. That's not who we are. That's not who we are. Yeah. That's, that's, not, not, how we, that's not how we roll. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I think we can get into the point to sort of wrap up here. So, we got any closing thoughts as far as that we want to maybe leave the listeners with? Just communicate with each other. (laughs) (laughs) That's always our point. (laughs) Make it interesting. Just make it interesting. Like, make it engaging for the players. Make you pull them into the villain's web. Yeah, and uh, know your villain and understand the villain is an iceberg. Like, you as the DM are going to know all the stuff underneath the surface. Your players may only get to know what's above the surface. um, But the more you work on what's underneath those waters yeah. the, the the better, better that is. villain's gonna be and it could be it's like we've talked about in the past it could be that uh they may never discover half that stuff that you have created as a backstory for the villain and that's fine you, yeah. they don't necessarily need to but you need to know it you yeah. really need to understand those motivations completely yeah, you want to be able to make decisions and speak as the villain in the pro with the proper information so that it's realistic and not just yes my minions or- you do need to speak as the villain <laughs> sorry <laughs> One of my things I would say is pull from pull from all those backstories, everybody's backstory, that all the characters yes. and put that into the villain. So that way that the villain is the opposite of the players. I mean it doesn't have to be the opposite, but is the villain so that way the players will definitely see that character as the villain for them. Right. He might not be the overvote. Maybe you're playing an evil campaign and he may be good. I like that. I like that a lot. Cody, you got anything? Yeah, um I like the idea of like the the villain always being present in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. Oh yeah. So Curse of Strahd is really great because the, <laughs> yeah. the lore of the world is that Strahd is basically always able to to see where you are and what you're doing. And then he can just kind of pop in and and say hi at any <laughs> given point in time. 
I don't think he ever popped it just to say, I know it's just he like, he kind of no. did that. Like after oh, the he hag, the he hag house, in, he just like popped in and was like, Hey, hey, what's up bitches? Can I, can I come in? <laughs> I see you. Um, pops away. <laughs> so I, I like the idea of the villain basically always being present, whether yeah. he, he's physically there or people are talking rumors about him, or you can see the wake of his destruction that way after 20 some odd sessions, as your player has been playing and they've been you know constantly being reminded about how much they dislike or or how horrible the villain is and when they can finally beat the guy i think it'd be that it's that much more satisfying because they kind of have this relationship built up with the villain throughout the game i like it i, I like solid strike is a great example of that because there's constantly lore being fed to us about solid strike yeah and like that, how how monstrously true. powerful he is and how he's affecting the multiverse yeah i started off really small with that too because when we were first when i first introduced him in the Tavaria campaign they really thought they were just dealing with this vampire, vampire. you know and then they started finding notes from solid strike and kind of just a little bit so just little tidbits a little a little a little along the way kind mm-hmm. of thing so all right well we have reached the end of this episode this is episode 22 something. i believe i think it was because i think last one was 21 so i, think I, I said next. something about us drinking yeah. 22 is what comes i think 22 is yeah normally yes, yes. i can do and, math oh. right yeah i like that so what we're going to be doing for you here is we will be wrapping up the first season of legend lore in the next three episodes and then what we're going to do is we're going to have a little something special in between season one and season two uh where we're going to be running a one-shot campaign well john's going to be running a one-shot campaign we're going to be playing in it it's going to give you guys a chance to see us actually enacting a lot of the things we talk about whether it's the backstory whether it's the collective storytelling element, whatever it is, you're going to get a chance to see us actually putting all that into actual action to know that we're not just sitting here bullshitting without any <laughs> without any actual, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Without any actual- uh, We know what we're talking credibility. about, we know, Credibility, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, we know what we're talking about. So uh, hang with us for that. Uh, and also, if you like what you've heard here, please drop by our Patreon. Uh, we've got some great supporters out there. One of them we'd really like to thank tonight. You know, I just got to say, uh, F Sutton, if you're listening, you're, you're the man you have supported us from day one uh consistently and we love hearing from you we love uh your support man thank you so much for that great supporter on patreon would love to invite anybody else that wants to support our company and what we're doing um this has been a great year for us we have done so much more as a company than i thought we would in our first uh, year next year is going to blow the mf and top off with what we're going to be doing it's going to be amazing absolutely so all right well thank you for hanging with us we really appreciate it and until next time keep rolling those nat 20s